Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going well. Just pretty tired after hiking all day today. Yeah, I mean, you hiked for 20 miles. That's pretty crazy. Sure is, but I'm excited to get into this episode. Absolutely, man. Today, we're continuing our Top 100 Draft Ranking Special. Check out last episode, if you haven't already, to hear numbers 100 through 60 in our PPR rankings for the 2020-21 NFL season. Today, we're going to be covering numbers 60 through 30 in our lists. Trent, why don't you kick things off? Yeah, so at 60, I have Kyler Murray. At 59, I have Tyler Lockett. 58, T.Y. Hilton. 57, Devin Singletary. 56, A.J. Green. And 55, Keenan Allen. Okay, I like it. At 60, as a reminder for me, I had Terry McLaurin. At 59, I had Dak Prescott. At 58, I had Cam Akers. At 57, I had Mark Ingram. At 56, I had DeAndre Swift. And at 55, I had Devontae Parker. Hmm. I, I find it interesting that uh, you decided to slot Dak barely into the second episode, but uh, I honestly thought you'd be higher on him. Yeah, I mean, what is this? This puts him in around this puts him in around the fifth or sixth round in a PPR draft, which is where I feel like Dak should be taken. Um, I mean, you have obviously Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, but Dak is uh, is he my third or quarterback off the list? Yes, he is because I had Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray right behind him. So I just think there's so many skill players in between. Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, whoever you have second, and Dak Prescott, there's just that huge clump of guys that I would have to take over Dak. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's fair that you need to take those guys over Dak, and I'm glad you didn't go too high with Dak on your list. Yeah, um, something I'm interested in is you have Tyler Lockett uh, pretty low, actually around in the 60s, and I believe he was a top 15 PPR receiver last year. Is there a reason that he dropped a little bit in your rankings? Yeah, I think this is uh, DK Metcalf's year. I think he's really going to come into form in his sophomore year. I think he's going to have a really strong connection with Russ Wilson. I think a healthy Chris Carson will do a lot more damage than people expect. So with a combination of, of those things, I feel like Tyler Lockett's numbers may drop a little bit. He's always been a, a decent PPR receiver, but he never gets a ton of catches. He just consistently gets one to two big plays a game. He kind of reminds me of uh, Robert Woods in a way where they don't get a ton of catches, but they do go for big plays. Hey, I mean, you're, don't fall into that trap again. Remember, Robert Woods had 90 catches last year. But I will give, yeah, I'll but... give you Tyler Lockett for sure on that one. He definitely is a guy that we were talking about even last year. Uh, certainly did nothing all game, and then he'd have one or two really big plays. Yeah, he's just a guy that I'm scared to draft. If I ever, I'd rather draft um, – the other younger wide receiver in DK Metcalf. So I'm just not very high on Tyrell Lockett. That's why I have him at 59. Yeah, that's fair. And you did make a really good point about Chris Carson. Uh, if he's healthy, we look what he did last year. He finished as a top 10 fantasy uh, running back. He's got the ability. He's going to have the workload. Seattle loves to run the ball. And it's not just Carson. They also have Carlos Hyde and Rashad Penny, assuming that he eventually can get back into the mix when he's healthy. So these this team, the Seahawks have, three reliable running backs that they can hand the ball off to at any times. That could definitely hurt not only Tyler Lockett's, but DK Metcalf's value this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Trent. So what are your next five? Yeah. For my next five, I happen to have a Seahawk at 54 with Russell Wilson. At 53, I have Mark Andrews. 52, Mark Ingram. 51, Cortland Sutton. 
And at 50, I have Terry McLaurin. Okay, I like it. At uh, 54, I have Kareem Hunt, my guy. At 53, I have Devin Singletary. At 52, I have Jarvis Landry. At 51, I have Mark Andrews. And at 50, I have DK Metcalf. So, has Tyler Lockett come up on your list yet? Tyler Lockett has not come up on my list, but you will be hearing him very soon. So, it's safe to, oh, it is true that you think Tyler Lockett will be have a better season than DK Metcalf this year? I, you know what? I'm not positive that he'll have a better season, which is why they're so close. As you'll see in my rankings, they're within six, I believe is the correct number. Yeah, it is. I'm counting it out right now. But um, I just have to give the, the edge to Tyler Lockett just because he's proven that he can be that guy. He saw 110 targets last year. I know we talked about how he doesn't catch a ton of balls necessarily. But while Tyler Lockett, it did take him a while to get there, he's earned, in my opinion, the respect to be the first Seahawk wide receiver off the board. And DK Metcalf was a monster, but in reality, he only caught 58 balls this year. Now, Pete Carroll does plan on getting him more involved in the offense, maybe running him out of the slot in a couple different sets this year. And I think he has much higher potential than Lockett, but I'm going to give the slight edge to the proven number one guy as of now. Yeah, I just think that DK Metcalf as a player is probably the most talented wideout that Russell Wilson has gotten to work with in his career. I mean, Doug Baldwin, don't get me wrong, was good, but he's never had a guy like DK Metcalf. So I think he's really going to look to utilize him this season. Uh, but I do understand how Tyler Lockett does have a long group uh, connection and relationship with Russell Wilson. And he's my probably more of a trusted receiver at this point in their careers. Yeah, I mean, like you said, this is a run-first offense, but I do think the Seahawks... With DK Metcalf, he's going to unlock their offense a little bit more, and he's got a ton of potential. He's a phenomenal dynasty wide receiver. Even this year, he could be great. But I'm just going to go with the guy that I know is Russell Wilson's number one heading into the year. And another thing that we didn't mention is we know the Seahawks are looking to add another receiver. They've been interested in bringing back Josh Gordon. They've been linked to, Anto- to bringing in Antonio Brown. If either of those things happen, if Antonio Brown comes into this team, that shakes things up completely. And that really sucks for people who love DK Metcalf because that stunts his growth completely. But if you also bring in a guy like Josh Gordon, who, if healthy, has enough potential to be a solid wide receiver three for this team, that could definitely hurt Lockett and Metcalf as well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do agree. I've heard that um, Josh Gordon is more the name they're talking about bringing in just because if they bring in Antonio Brown, there will be that suspension um, that will have to happen. But it definitely would, it would definitely hurt both of their values. But at the same time, I don't think it would be terrible for DK Metcalf to take another year and learn from one of the, you know, one of, a very respected wide receiver in between Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown. Yeah, I mean, Josh Gordon is more of what DK Metcalf is used to and what his physicality and skill set can bring. They're both really big, fast, physical receivers. And while Josh Gordon may be washed a little bit or at least past his prime, he can definitely show him a few things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all right, Trent. So why don't we get into your next five? Yeah, so my next five, I have uh, 49, Stephon Diggs, 48, David Montgomery, 47, Robert Woods, 46, Zach Ertz, and 45, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, you know, so I'm seeing a trend where one of your receivers consistently in each of your groupings, I'm just much higher on. And we'll get to that eventually. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how your list narrows down. For 49 for me, I have James Conner, 48, David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 47, DJ Chark at 46, and Stephon Diggs at 45. 
I also think you're very low on a wide receiver in your grouping. But first, let's talk about who you thought was low in mine. Well, I think that Robert Woods is low on yours. And you know I'm really high on Robert Woods. We've had this discussion before. You're more of a Cooper Cup guy. That's perfectly fine. I just think that the emergence of Tyler Higby in this offense and the fact that the Rams are going to run 12 personnel more this year only helps Robert Woods, especially since he's all by himself and Brandon Cooks is in Houston. I think he's going to have a really big year. Um, and I just that's why I think he's uh, a bit low on your list. And I already know you think I'm being too low on DJ Shark. Yeah, I definitely do. But to, to keep talking about the Robert Woods situation, I actually have Cooper Cup. He's going to be the next name mentioned, not to spoil it. Um, so I do have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup fairly close. Uh, and, and I'm not against Robert Woods. I just think that knowing Cooper Cup, I think he has higher potential because he finished his wide receiver four last year. I'd rather take a higher potential guy than the safer pick with Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods, um, you know, if you if you played 10 seasons with each of them, he'd be more consistent. But clearly Cooper Cup can put up those really big number of seasons. So I like taking a chance with Cooper Cup over the safe pick of Robert Woods. See, but we're falling into a dangerous game here because there's a difference in what potential was and how good he was versus looking at statistically and logically what this Rams offense is going to look like last year. Cooper Cup was not even a top 15 fantasy receiver for, I believe, the last six or seven weeks of the season. And that is not a system that Sean McVay and the Rams are just going to move away from. If anything, they're committing to it more. They said they're going to run that 12 personnel uh, more and get Higby more involved. And he's the one who's been stealing Cooper Cup's routes. And that leaves Robert Woods all alone by himself on the outside with no one to compete for touches with. So I would say that Robert Woods' potential is actually higher. Yeah, we, we could say that, you know, Cooper Cup only had that, you know, one good stretch. But there's names that haven't been brought up yet on either of our lists that we have higher, I assume we have higher, like Juju Smith-Schuster, who had an atrocious season last year, and Odell Beckham Jr., who's been disappointing for many years. Like People have up-and-down seasons. Maybe they're not always in a groove. But some guys, once they find their groove, they can stay in it. So I just like knowing that Cooper Cup can be a top-five wide receiver. That's fair. I, d- I would just argue that I'm looking at, for like Juju and OBJ, OBJ, man, he just has to be higher because of his potential, and we'll get to that when we get to that. But for Juju, he's higher because I love his fit and his potential and how I think uh, Pittsburgh's offense is going to run this year, and that's the reason why Robert Woods is higher than me. But, you know, anything could happen. They're both really good receivers, to be honest with you. Well, like you said, um, both Odell and Juju, you mentioned potential. I would would assume that Cooper Cup has higher potential than Robert Woods. Uh, Just – Seeing that last season he finished as wide receiver four, I mean, I don't think Robert Woods has ever finished in the top five, maybe even top ten. We'll just disagree. On, we'll agree to disagree on that one because, as I said, like potential, it, it's different. Potential this year is different than what he did last year. I think his potential is significantly lower with the offense that the Rams are going to run. All right, we'll see. That's all it is. All right. So why don't you uh, talk us through your next four or five? Sorry. Yeah. So for my next couple, I have Cooper Cup at forty-four, who we just mentioned. Yep. At forty-three, I have Amari Cooper. 42, DK Metcalf, 41, AJ Brown, and 40, Calvin Ridley. Okay, we have a lot of similar guys in this rankings. At 44, I have Tyler Lockett. At 43, I have Cooper Cup. At 42, I have Calvin Ridley. At 41, I have Cortland Sutton. At 40, I have AJ Brown. Yeah, we, we both have a, a good chunk of young wide receivers in these sections. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think all of these guys have so much potential, especially that trio of Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, and A.J. Brown. These are all guys that, in my opinion, could be top 15 fantasy receivers this year. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it, I mean, it's all situational. I mean, 
Quote and Sutton could be, but who knows if Jerry Drew takes away a lot of those touches that he could get. Um, Calvin Ridley, it's kind of the same thing. Gurley just came into the system. He's going to require some touches, and they also have Hayden Hurst, new tight end. Even though Hooper went out, Hurst could take some touches, and we know Julio Jones is going to get his fair share. So it's just like, what is left over for these young guys to take? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, looking at A.J. Brown, he's arguably the only guy left alone at the top of the depth chart on his team, but he's also got Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. And as fans of the Patriots, we've seen Tannehill and how he played on the Dolphins for the last six or seven years. We know that he is not going to be that guy consistently for them. And we know that the Titans are the, the most run first offense in the NFL with Derrick Henry. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it, it, they all have, um, they all can be limited. It just depends what's left for each of them on the table. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Trent. So why don't we move into the 30s for you? Yeah, so at 39, I have Allen Robinson, 38, James Conner, 37, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 36, Chris Carson, and at 35, I have DJ Chark. Okay. DJ Chark, really high on your list, huh? He sure is. Yeah. All right. I have Keenan Allen at 39, Patrick Mahomes at 38, Miles Sanders at 37, Melvin Gordon at 36, and Robert Woods at 35. And before we get into DJ Chark, I have to say, was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 37 for you? Uh, yes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was 37. Yeah, so yes. he was 47 for me, and I just could not justify putting him over guys like Miles Sanders. And they're really, in reality, this was a stretch of wide receivers for me, but when I look at the guys that we mentioned, like Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, I felt like I just couldn't take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over those guys. What made you think differently? Well, I mean, I, I'm not taking Clyde over um, Miles Sanders or anyone's like that. I actually have most of those running backs just higher up on my list. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I, I, I just know that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in every aspect is more talented than Damian Williams. The problem is there's no preseason, so who knows when Clyde's actually going to fit in the system. But once or once once he starts in the system, but once he is starting in the system, I think he has one of the higher upsides of any running back in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Anyone who plays in the Chiefs system has top 10 upside from a fantasy perspective. You're the number one guy. I mean, you look at Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, obviously, they've proven to be elite players in this league. But if you're catching passes from Patrick Mahomes, all you have to do is be in the right place at the right time, and you'll produce. Absolutely. And I, I have a very big question for you. I mean, I am shocked where you have Miles Sanders on your list. He yeah. is pre-draft 15, right? Or, sorry, he's, his average draft position is 15 right now. I think his pre-draft might be like 17. And I think you had him at, what, 36, 37? 37. Yeah. yeah, that is that is absolutely well, stunning. You know that I am not a fan of Eagles running backs in general, and Miles Sanders falls under that category. We know that Philadelphia is considering adding another running back. We've heard them being linked to Devontae Freeman. I think if that happens, this ranking is certainly justified. And even so, I look at these running backs that are going to be coming up in my next group. Uh, these veteran running backs, I don't want to spoil it yet. I just cannot see myself taking Miles Sanders over any of them. Because I think that these guys are going to have more of a secure workload. I know what they can do better than what Miles Sanders can do. I'm not going to trust him just off of one rookie season where he wasn't honestly as incredible as I think a lot of people perceive him to be. So, yeah, that's just me. I don't love the system he's in in Philly, and I just I wouldn't take him over any of the guys ranked above him. I mean, what do you mean? You, I mean, 
you did see his stats last season. I mean, he was a, I think he was a top fifteen yeah. fantasy running back yeah, he was last solid. year. And I think he's still a top. I, I believe so. He's a top twenty fantasy running back according to my rankings. But this, I think, so think I don't his, think I don't think his production jumps up that much. You think his numbers go down? I think his numbers could go down. Yeah, especially if they add Devontae Freeman or another running back like that. Well, I think that I think that's already out of question. Unless he really struggles, they would have made an offseason move by now. I don't think Devontae Freeman. I, I agree. If Devontae Freeman came in the system, his value drops drastically. But that hasn't happened. No, but I mean, you can't just write it off yet. I mean, Cam Newton just went to the Patriots a little while ago, and we've heard Devontae Freeman's agent saying that he's been in contact with a bunch of teams. We've heard that Philadelphia is looking to add another guy because, in reality, I'm not sure. And Miles Sanders can be a three-down back for this team. I love his versatility. I love his explosiveness. But I'm not sure he can be that workhorse for this team. That's just that's tough for me to believe. I mean, especially in PPR. I mean, in his rookie season, he had 50 catches last season, which is huge for a PPR running back. And you said you're not big into rookie running backs. I have a feeling, I mean, this won't come up to the next episode, but you have probably Josh Jacobs in your, at least your top 15, possibly top 10. Yeah, no, I do, but Josh Jacobs is going to see a workload of probably over 280 touches. Miles Sanders is not going to see anything close to that. I mean, last season he had 230 touches in his rookie season. I'm talking about carries. Sorry, not well, touches, carries. But yeah, I mean, well, listen, I, I like my I like Miles Sanders from a player. Just don't love the system he's in. Things off is uh, up, upside is certainly a little cap especially if Jalen Hurts, who we haven't even talked about, and I think he factors into this as well. If Jalen Hurts is going to play that Taysom Hill role for Philadelphia, like we've been hearing uh, through their camp so far that he's going to do, then that definitely hurts Miles Sanders as well. Yeah, I mean, another thing to mention is uh, you say you don't like the, the Eagles system with running backs, but in the last five seasons, Eagles running, grabs, running back group has finished 7th, 15th, 13th, 10th, and second in total fantasy points. Running back you, group? Well, as a group, I mean, he has no one competing with his touches anymore. I'm saying, like, some seasons they had, you know, a running back that got hurt, the next guy steps up. I mean, if Miles Sanders is healthy, I don't even see how it's possible for him to finish outside the top 15. I think it's possible because the guys they have guys like Boston Scott there as well who showed uh, definitely flashes of potential last year. I think there are a couple of guys in there that could be surprise you. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to agree to, do, to disagree on this one, but I would not take Miles Sanders when it comes down to this over any of the guys I have above him. That's it. I think this is one pick that, or one prediction you're going to be very, very sorry you made this season. I, I think that Miles Sanders is a lot better than you think he is, and that, I, that's just – it was shocking to me that his name even came up this episode in general. Um, that, that's fine. Yeah, I, I – there's a reason I have not drafted Miles Sanders on a single fantasy team this year. It's because I'm not expecting a good year out of him, and I'll stand by that. You know, if that's this is a hill that I'm going to die on, I'll die on this hill. Yeah, I just I, I'm still confused with the reasoning, just because you didn't like the the Eagles. You don't like love, the Eagles. Yeah, I don't like, and I think that my argument stands. You said that they finished, however, whatever their finishes were, but did they have a guy inside the top ten or top fifteen? I don't remember. Well, because their guys get injured. Exactly. So, so if he doesn't, if Miles Sanders get injured. That's with any team. If any player well, gets injured, he's not going to finish. But in the top there's 10. a difference between a running back committee and a single running back. The Eagles love to run running back committees. Boston Scott's just not going to disappear off this team. And I do think they'll add a, a workhorse esque running back like Devontae Freeman. 
That's just my, it's my opinion. I mean, Hey, I respect your opinion. It's just, it's shocking. I mean, I don't think that the, that the Eagles used that high of a draft pick and used Miles Sanders as much as they did last year in his rookie season, just to start to fade away from him uh, in his sophomore season after he put up top 15 running back numbers in his rookie season. But Hey, who knows? Crazy stuff happens. Yeah. Well, listen, they, I'm not expecting them to necessarily fade him, but I am expecting the Eagles to be playing from behind much more. They're going to be throwing the ball uh, a lot more. They added a receiver in the first round just so they could work on that. They have a not great, but decent-ish receiving core. In reality, this team's just going to be bad, and I don't see a huge upside for Miles Sanders on this team. I just I don't love the system he's in. I like his talent, but I'm going to pass on him this year, and I, there's a reason I haven't drafted him in any of the seven or eight leagues I'm in. Uh, one thing I like to bring up is um, you know, the, the Eagles haven't historically been good with running backs, but the Eagles also haven't invested more than a fourth round pick into a running back since LaShawn McCoy in 2009. So they haven't even chased a running back until they chased Miles Sanders last season high in the 2019 draft. What, what uh, pick did he get drafted in? Was he a second round pick? I believe it was actually a first round pick, but no I, I couldn't look it up. Really? Even if he was a second round pick, I mean, that's two rounds higher than they've ever drafted a running back since 2009. I guess so. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean a ton. He was, he was, uh, uh, second round, second round. Okay. Okay. You know what? We'll see. Like I said, if this is a hill I have to die on, I'll die on this hill, but I want nothing to do with Miles Sanders this year. All right. Well, I will make sure to let you, uh, let him drop in the leagues I'm in with you, and I'll snag him wherever I can. Yeah, I'm sure you will, knowing the people we're drafting with. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so why don't we move on to our final five, and why don't I start it off just so you hear the running backs that I would take over Miles Sanders. All right, let's hear it. Right. So at 34, I have Le'Veon Bell. 33, I have Chris Carson. At 32, I have Odell Beckham Jr. At 31, I have Amari Cooper. And finally, at 30, I have David Johnson. Uh, I will give you mine. At 34, I have Odell Beckham Jr. At 33, I have Melvin Gordon. At 32, I have DJ Moore. At 31, I have Juju Smith-Suster. And at 30, I have Le'Veon Bell. You cut out there really oh. quick. Can you repeat who you at at 32? Yeah, sorry. At 32, I have DJ Moore. Okay. All right. A little high on DJ Moore. I'm not, I'm not liking that so much. You think <laughs> I'm high or low on him? I mean, no, low, low. High on, it has a high okay, number. Okay, okay. Far down the list. But yeah, um, so we had a couple similar guys. But I mean, like I said, when you look at my list, I would take Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, and David Johnson over Miles Sanders. I just like the style they play with. I think they can all be workhorse backs. Not sure Miles Sanders can be. So that's just why that just shows you that uh, I would take those guys over. Yeah, I can say I definitely wouldn't take any of those guys over Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders will never drop in that range in any draft you're ever in. Um, Le'Veon Bell is no offensive line. David Johnson's been injury prone the last three years. I mean, Miles Sanders has a great offensive line and he has no injury issues. It's just, it's, it's still tough for me to conceive, but um, we had similar guys in this range. Um, I agree with you where you have these guys ranked. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree too. And honestly, I almost didn't want to even include Odell Beckham Jr. in my where I had him now at 32, but I had to just because of his potential. Yeah, I mean, I have Odell at 34, which is right around where you had him, and it, it is purely based off potential. I mean, 
if you went off his stats from last season, he'd be a lot lower than that. Um, I guess I'm just assuming that Baker Mayfield figures his stuff out. Maybe Kevin Stefanski can work with him uh, coming in. And I don't know. I mean, Odell, o- Odell and Jarvis still put up decent numbers last year, but we know how, how well they actually can perform. And um, they certainly didn't perform to that level last year. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know what? We had a really good debate about Miles Sanders today. I think if anything comes out of this episode is that Trent, I'm going to let you snag him in all the drafts we're in. And I guess it's a good thing that I'm higher on Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, and Chris Carson, and Le'Veon Bell, because I'll let them fall to me, and I'll snag him at a later round. It's, it's, uh, this is this is an <laughs> argument that, that could continue forever because, uh, I mean, Miles Sanders, like I said, is – his ADP 15 right now for a reason and uh, contract, a guy who don't know his contract, like all those guys you mentioned have issues. Miles Sanders really doesn't have an issue. And I think the point with the, the Eagles running back situation is totally invalid. Like I said, since they haven't drafted a guy this high since 2009 and they finished top 13, they finished top 10, like the last two seasons, um, for running back groups, I'm saying groups because they had multiple running backs playing. Um, I, I just, I still can't believe how low you have him. I mean, you're gonna see how I, how high I have him on the next episode because he didn't come up for me for me today. That's for a good reason. Um, and yeah, you're gonna be very surprised how high he is on my list. I mean, I won't. I probably won't because we've had this discussion in past episodes, and I, it's been known that I'm very low on Miles Sanders this year, and you're very high on him. So we're just completely diametrically opposed uh, on that standpoint. And no, there's only one way to find out who's right. We're going to have to wait to the season. I mean, that's true. It's just, I don't even think I'm high on him. I just think you're incredible. I mean, you are incredibly low on compared to his average draft position and, and expert rankings. It's just uh, like, it's a very personal opinion you have, but maybe, maybe you're onto something. Maybe everyone's missing something that, that you see. I, I don't know. Yeah, and I'll tell you that it's not everyone that, especially in the fantasy Twitter community, there is a very large subsection of people that are just staying away from Miles Sanders completely. And I just happen to subscribe to those beliefs, you know? And when it comes to fantasy football, you're going to be high on some guys, you're going to be really low on others. This just happens to be one of those cases. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm looking at some expert rankings now, and um, the highest some guys have them is as high as six. Uh, but the lowest that some guy has him is 44. That's a pretty wide range. Um, but the yeah. the expert uh, uh, expert ranking for where they think he should be drafted is, is 19. But, um, I mean, maybe the guys on Twitter see something differently. Uh, I'll, I'll be excited. This is this is a situation that uh, if you, you, know, you ever want to put some money on it, I think Miles Sanders is a, a lock top 15 running back this season. And if you feel differently about it, um, it'd be definitely something interesting we can talk about in another episode. Yeah, and I think it is worth mentioning, and we'll get into this into the next episode, is the fact that there's a clump of running backs that we're going to come to a little later uh, when we talk about in the next episode. And when I'm drafting, I'm fine targeting those guys at this specific ranking. And then I just like to wait a little bit because I don't think it's worth it at that average draft position to take those guys. And I think it's better to target receivers in say like the third or fourth round. And Miles Sanders just doesn't fit into that scheme for me. He just never falls into my draft strategy and what I'm looking for from a running back when I'm drafting. Well, it's because he never falls to 37 like you'd like him to. I've never seen him fall past 22, 23 in any draft. I've seen him fall into the uh, late third 
of a couple of a couple of drafts yeah. I'm in. But but you're right. He people are very high on him this year. I'm just not one of those people. Oh, well, this is one thing, kind of like uh, for viewers that they don't know about it. Markel Fultz will just never agree on. I guess Miles Sanders is a anomaly for us. Yeah, and Dak Prescott. Yeah, and, and Dak Prescott. I mean, yeah, I think both of those things you'll be proven wrong on. Oh, this year. I, I will give you this. I. I, I would give Dak Prescott a better chance to finish as high as you do than, or as high as you have him, rather than Miles Sanders finishing as low as you have him. Because, I mean, at least Dak has put up those, you know, you know, he was a what QB two last season. I can see him finishing that high. It's not like Miles Sanders in his rookie season finished RB thirteen or whatever it was, and now all of a sudden he's going to drop after his rookie season, even though they improve their off. I don't know. It's just that's one that I just. I don't see happening, but I, I, I mean, I'd love for you to be right on that one. Yeah, you know, we'll see. And I would love to be right on that one, too. And there's only one way to find out. So we're going to have to wait. And that is a wrap on this episode of The Rollout. We'll be back Thursday with the series finale of our Top 100 Draft Ranking Special, where you'll see just exactly how high Trent has ranked Miles Sanders. Stay safe out there, everyone. 